Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father. You might say, you sure do sing a long time. <laughs> well, you know, hey, if you get tired, just you can sit down. It's okay. Just, just don't sit your heart down. Just, you know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. I believe the Lord is growing us up. I believe He's growing us up. Hallelujah. I believe in this season as a church, I believe He's strengthening the core of who we are as a church to carry us through the days ahead and what He's called us to do within this community. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for His presence. I'm so grateful for His Word. I've been talking about desire. You know, this is the year of the maximum and the highest level attainable. But it all comes back and comes down to His Word. A number of, I guess a couple months ago, started this series on desire. And um, and it wasn't going to talk about the Word, but I, I didn't really know how things were going to come out. Because I believe it's so important for you to lay hold of what was ministered last week and what's going to be ministered this week. And we'll see how far I get into it this week and just going to go as far as the Holy Spirit directs. Because there is nothing more important than the Word of God. There's nothing more important than the Word of God. It's not... It's not the word in something else. Because the word is connected to everything else. And we need to increase our appetite for the word. Because the enemy would want to come in and bring distractions or come in and treat the word that it's secondary. Or it's just a, just a good book. No. It is, it is God. It is the representation of him in the earth that we have today. Last week I talked about desire and I talked about how to tremble at his word. Were you here last week? That's what Isaiah tells us. He talks about, you know, building, God says, you know, where you're going to build a tabernacle or where are you going to do this? He goes, all these things my hands have made. He goes, but this one thing, this one thing, he says, that you would walk humbly before me, that you would have a contrite heart and that you would tremble at my word. Then that word contrite, it, actually the word contrite means a heart that's smitten, a heart that's beaten. It's not, doesn't mean you've been beat down. By God, but it just means have a heart that is smitten. And I, and I, and I was thinking about that. I was thinking, of, is there, an, is there a, a, an, another example that I could use concerning that? And, 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 I, and the Lord took me to, to 1 Corinthians 9, 24, where it talks about the Apostle Paul. And he talks about running his race. And Paul said in the King James, it says, I buffet my body daily. But I, I buffet my body daily. So that I would not have run in vain. Meaning, meaning I, I subject my body. I bring myself under. I, I, because why I need to master, I need to master this race. I need to master this life and what I'm doing in God and what God's doing in me. So therefore I have to put my body down. Why? Because the, what, what Isaiah said, tremble at my word. Walk humbly. It's having a teachable heart. I want to pick up where I left off last week. And we'll just see if we finish this today or not. But go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. God desires looking for someone with a heart of humility and who trembles at his word. Tremble at his word. Honor, reverence. My heart is that you would, it would grow inside of you like the word of God. You would gain a hunger for the word. You would just, you just like, like it says in the word, it goes, I did find your words and I ate them. It means you had to look for it. Man, 
the word. James 1, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me today. Verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. What does a crown of life look like? Verse 13, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone with evil. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You say, well, pastor, why, why do these temptations keep coming? Because you're being drawn away by your own desires. Meaning I have to change my desires if I want to change my direction. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and ties. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown brings forth death. 16 says, don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. There's so much I could talk about in that, in that verse. Meaning God doesn't change. Every good and perfect gift comes down. What is the good and perfect gift that comes down? Verse 18, of his own will, he brought us forth. He brought us forth by the word of what? The word of truth. That we might be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wow. By the will of God, he brought us forth by what? The word of truth. If we did not have the word of God, you could not be a new creation in Christ Jesus. If we did not know anything about the word of God, we would not know anything about being a part of his family, being a part of uh, as a citizen of heaven. It was by the will of God. I was brought forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Verse 19 says, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, if we think of wrath, we think of anger, right? And that's the, that's the, that's the, the meaning of this, per, this word. That be slow to wrath, but the root of the word wrath is actually desire. Meaning you have a desire to get even. You have a desire for vengeance. You have a desire to let everyone know you're angry. So the root of where wrath comes from is desire. So here he says, be slow to be quick to swift to hear. I think we need to take that to heart. There's, sometimes we're doing too much speaking and we do a little bit more hearing. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Why? For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Meaning your desires don't bring about God's results. Let me say that again. Man's ways, man's desires don't get God's results. That's what this means. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Meaning my desire can't bring about what God desires. Verse 21. Therefore. See, this is all connected. This is all connected to temptations that you're facing. This has everything to do with the word of God. It has everything to do with what you're hearing, being slow to speak, slow to wrath. Because here it says, therefore, meaning if you want to get God's results, therefore, if you're tired of getting your, your, if you're tired of falling into the temptations, 
If you're tired of, of, of coming up short, if you're tired of, uh, of not stepping into the fullness of what God's created you for, therefore, really, see, this is all in context here, right? And it all started here talking about temptations. You're, you're drawn away by your desires. So here he says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. You want to change your outcome? You want to change your desires? Get in this book. You want to go to the greater? You want to go to the maximum? You want to go to the highest level attainable that you could step into as a, as a father, a husband, a business owner, a, a minister of the gospel? Yes. Then lay aside all these things that aren't producing God's results. Lay aside all the things that are, that have put in place wrong desires on the inside of you. Lay aside all those over the things that are overflowing in your heart that aren't bringing about God's will to pass in your life. Lay aside all those things and, and receive Meaning, I'm welcoming it. I'm welcoming it and receive with meekness, the implanted word. Kind of sounds like Isaiah 66. What is God looking for? A man who is humble, has a contrite heart, and who trembles at his word. And here James is saying, receive, welcome the implanted word. One, one word means the engrafted word. It means to, the word engraft there means to place into surgically. Meaning when it, 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 it places this in you until it becomes a part of you. Let this, James is saying, let this word become a part of you and it will change you. Let this word be a part of you because it will change your thoughts. Let this word be implanted in you because it will change your, your, uh, your actions. Let this word be planted on the inside of you. It will change your behavior. Let this word be implanted in you because it will change your outcome. Because it says that the word be implanted in you, which is able, which is able to save your soul. It doesn't say your spirit. That it may change your mind, your will, and your emotions. Are you tired of making the same decisions you're always making? Then get into the word. Let it become a part of you and it will change you from the inside out. This word, there's, this word is power. This word will unlock every, everything that you need to be successful in this life. This word, this word, Psalm says in one night, this word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word that I would hide it in my heart that I might not sin against God. And so often you're trying to, we try to do things in our flesh instead of let the word that is sharper than a two-edged sword get on the inside of us and change our behavior. The word is meant and designed to change your behavior. So we have to have a desire for this because I want, I want to change how I do things. I haven't arrived yet. I, 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 God's still continuing to shape me and mold me. Yes. I'm already the righteous of God in Christ Jesus, but there is a, a continued by the Holy spirit. Titus says the sanctification of the Holy spirit, Holy spirit, taking this word and pruning me. The word. Let's go to Second hmm. Timothy, I believe it is. Second Timothy chapter three. You're not in a hurry this morning, are you? I'll come down with you a little bit here. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter three. 
verse 10. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose. So what does it say right there? But you carefully followed my doctrine. Thank you, Father. Let's go to verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Verse 13. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must. I mean, there's going to be deception in the world. You know, the very, this chapter starts with, in the last days, there will be perilous times. Hard to deal with and hard to bear, right? So that's what Paul is speaking to here. He's speaking to mine in your day. The last days started on the day of Pentecost. And we are at the last of the last days. So Paul is speaking to you and me. Because if, if, if we don't heed what he's saying, then we have the opportunity to be deceived and to deceive others. But he, he says the answer to this deception that's going to happen in these last days is this, continuing in the things that you've learned. Continue in the things which you have learned and been, been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from a childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. So it's interesting to me how there's some modern-day preachers today that will totally throw out the Old Testament. But Paul, a New Testament believer, says that you would, from a childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. At his time, the only Holy Scriptures was the Law and the Prophets. And, and it's through these things. So he's saying, continue in the things that you've heard and learned and been assured of. Knowing from whom you've learned them. And that from a childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Now listen to this. What are these Holy Scriptures designed to do? They're able to make you wise. They're, you need wisdom? You, you need wisdom? It's right here. Because it says these Holy Scriptures, the things they've learned that they're to continue in, is telling them that they're a, it's able to make them wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Yes. Then it says, verse 16 says, all scripture. All. He didn't say, well, just the things that I've told you. No, all scripture. Yes. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wow. Man, if, if that doesn't produce on the inside of you a desire for the word of God, it says that, that it will cause me to be thoroughly furnished for every good work, fully equipped. If I'm fully equipped for something, Dolores, that means I'm not lacking anything, but I have everything I have need of when I come to the word of God. I always ask some people when I deal with certain situations, dealing with people with where they are in their soul, I'm asking, it's kind of like what God said to Adam and Eve after they fell in the garden. And it said that they were naked and they hid themselves. What was God's response to that? He said, who told you you were naked? Let me ask a question. And this is, this is big in, in, in our world today because everything is about identity. Who told you you're that? Who told you you're that? Because if you feed your soul, your soul will tell you all sorts of things. You're a three-part being. Feelings are the voice of your physical body. Reasoning is the voice of your soul. But your conscience is the voice of your spirit. But if you don't feed yourself with this, what you're feeding your, what you're feeding your soul with and your flesh with, will then dictate your life and you'll say, this is who I am. Who told you? Where did that information come from? 
It came from the media. It came from a book. It came from a teacher. It came from, it came from progressive thinking. It came from this, that, or the other. The thing is, if it didn't come from the word of God, it's going to put you in bondage. And it will keep you in bondage because then you'll be convinced of an identity that really isn't yours. The enemy's always trying to, to, to try to shape and mold your identity because if he can mold your identity, then he can mold your, your decisions and your actions, which will carry to your destiny. Just, just try, just, like I said last week, give, give the word of God at least a year in your life more than you give all the other voices you're listening to. Turn on, now, now if, that, that's who you're, if that's what you really think, take a break from that for a year, get into the word of God and let it shape you and come back and tell me a year from now, well, this, this is it. No, it's impossible. It's impossible. You're like, oh, well, are you, you're just trying to brainwash us. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Your brain needs to be washed because you fed it the wrong things. You've, you've given it the wrong information. And you allow people to pour into you that it's like, why would I let someone, if, I, if I'm starting a business, why would I surround myself with someone that's constantly failed in business? The point is, 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 is I've got to put myself in position to succeed. Amen. Yes. Come on. Let's do it. Thank you, Father. The Word, it has the ability to equip me for every good work. Come on. Let's go to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. Thank you, Father. Like I said, you're not in a hurry today, right? It's still raining outside, so we'll. But you got some dessert out there too, so, you know. It is... Hey, if you want to get your dessert now, bring it in here. I'll keep going. It's, it's all good. It won't bother me as long as, long as you're listening. First Thessalonians, uh, where did I tell you? Three? Let's do chapter two. Let's do chapter two. Verse 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Let me ask you a question. Are you welcoming the word this morning? I I sense you are. You're pulling on the word, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For you welcomed it. Now listen to this. Not as, they, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God. So when you're coming to church, because my heart is not to minister out of my head to you. My heart is to minister out of the spirit of God to you. I don't, I, I, I'm not, even though these go across around the world, I'm not praying for the whole world, I'm praying for you. Because I'm the pastor of this house. So I'm seeking the Lord for what you need. And then if it affects other people, praise the Lord. And so, so when I minister on a, sun, a Sunday, or Dr. Savelle is, we're not ministering to something to you that might just sound good or create catchy phrases or try to, uh, to, to blend in with the culture. No, I, I want you to know that my sincere heart is that you would receive every week as a, this is a word from God. And, and, I, and I want you to know that you know, just like when Jesus was ministering on the road to Emmaus and he, he was talking to those, those couple of guys there and, and he communicated to him and all of a sudden Jesus left and he said, didn't our hearts burn within us? I want my words to have that kind of weight, Phelan. How about you? 
Not, not, that, not that I'm anything special about me or, or just any of you that when you stand up and you minister the word that people know that what I'm receiving is not just something earthly. But um, there's something here that, that even if you don't even like it, even if it makes you mad, but there's something on the inside of you, there's truth. There's truth involved in that. That you would receive the word, not as a word of men, but as truth, the word of God. Now, listen, which also effectively works in you who believe. So it says this word works effectively in you. Whether you realize it or not, this word is working effectively in you. Why? Because that's what the word of God is designed to do. To work effectively in you. So this morning, what, I, what I've covered so far is to understand that the Word of God has ability in it to change me. Recognize that the Word of God is called to cause me, as I continue in the Word, is to cause me to be thoroughly furnished for every good work. And how the Word that's from God is working effectively in me, meaning it's influencing me. It's influencing my decisions. It's influencing my choices. It's influencing uh, where I go, what I do, how I pray. Come on. The Word. The Word. Let's go to John chapter 8. So if you need a title for this morning, I'm talking about desire to be a disciple. Desire to be a disciple. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me. So the Father must have taught him something. The Father taught him the Word. See, Jesus was a disciple. How about you? Some of you are like, wow. As my Father taught me, I speak these things, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then it says in verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. So this is all part of the same, the same uh, context, correct? Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, King James says, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, now this, he's speaking this to the Jews that believed. But yet he had to say to them, to the belie- those that believed in him, you have to continue in my word. And if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. Let me make a statement. Every Christian is, every disciple is a Christian. But not every Christian is a disciple. Amen. Every disciple is a Christian, but not every Christian is a disciple. Why? Because not everyone is going to continue. Continue in the word. See, it's my desire to continue in the word is what's going to cause me to be a disciple. It's what's going to cause you to be a disciple. I don't want to just be a Christian. I want to be a disciple. Because there's something that happened in disciples' lives that don't happen in every Christian's life. Contrary to what some people believe, the kingdom of God is not socialist.
We're not all, we're not on the same, we're not on the same. Yes, we all have righteousness. Yes, we have all those things, but there are other things in the kingdom of God. I don't have time. That's not my assignment this morning where he talks about rewards, where he talks about ruling and reigning with him for eternity. And there's, there's other things there. I'm not talking, referring to salvation. We're not earning salvation. That's not the point. But continuing in the word. So what does a, what does a disciple look like? Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. It's teaching this morning. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 5, verse 11. This is, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, think about that. They forsook all and followed him. What is a disciple? What does a disciple look like? According to this, the disciples forsook all and followed. All. All. That lets me know if I'm going to be a disciple, then it means it changes my priorities. My priorities have changed over the last 30 years because I want to go deeper. I don't think the same way I thought. I don't, I don't, I don't go and do the things I used to do. Amen. Why? Because I'm a disciple. And if I'm a disciple, then as I get in the word, I realize it changes priorities. Things that were important a year ago are no longer important today. Things that, that I couldn't wait to happen before, it's like I could care less about today. I mean, I, I like sports. But there was a time, and I, if, hey, don't, I, this was not, a lot of this is not in my notes. But, but the point is, there was a time where I would watch ESPN when I woke up, and I'd watch ESPN when I went to bed. Why? Because I had to know. And if you watch ESPN, you watch an hour, you've seen the same clips six times. But for some reason, I think it's going to change. So things that were, were prior, things that I had to do, there's nothing wrong with, to, in my opinion, watching, watching sports or watching highlights. Don't, don't hear me wrong. The point is, it stopped, it, it stopped becoming a priority. Yes, yes I, I still will go on and see if the Redskins lost or not. But, or, or won. Or if the Cowboys lost or not. But, 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 the, but the, that's, my point is, is things that carried great weight in my life 30 years ago carry no weight in my life today. Why? Because I want to go to the maximum. And you know, not one time did God say, hey, hey, you got, you got, you got to get rid of that. God, this is sin or that's that or you, you got to stop doing this or going there. No, it was all of a sudden it was just like being in the word and it just, I just lost my appetite for it. If you get in the word, you're going to lose your appetite for the things that have been controlling you. You, you want to change, I'm telling you, you want to change your entire personality of what you've been. The word of God will change you. I'm not saying, but people is, I've been around a lot of ministers. There was a time where I was traveling with Dr. Savell 21 days out of the month, 20 different, 21 different services day after day after day. And there's some people I'm just like, oh goodness, are they saved? <laughs> You'd be surprised, Terry Wright. You'd be surprised. And, and all of a sudden, we'll be at dinner, and, and all of a sudden, the, the person is just going off on the, on, the, on, the, on the waitress. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. And here they just preached on the love of God. I'm going, oh, my gosh. And, and they would say, well, that's just, my, that's just my prophet anointing coming out. Well, it's just, that's just, it's just my personality to, you know, to be abrasive. 
I don't think Jesus was ever abrasive. And people will use the excuse, well, that's just my personality. No, you just need to become more like him. So, so this di- discipleship, is, yeah, that, let's go to the next, next chapter, chapter 6. That goes, right into, that goes right into, I think, where we're going. So. Luke chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher. So what is a, what do we see? A disciple is a follower. They're a learner. They're an adherent. Meaning as they are around the one that they're following, they're an adherent, meaning they take what they've seen and heard and they... They make it a part of their lives, adherent, to stick to you. Something that's an adhesive is something that's sticking to you. So as I follow and I'm a learner, then what happens is what happens is I become, those things now become a part of me. Why? Because I'm following. What does a disciple look like? They are all in, meaning their priorities have changed. And now what does a disciple look like? Verse 40, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. So for us, desiring to be a disciple is to be like Jesus. That's the result of discipleship. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. This is a discipleship principle that we see in the word of God. Thank you, Father. You know, back in John 8, when I read you about Jesus, it says, just as the Father taught me. What did John 14 say? Jesus told Philip, he goes, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus had to forsake all. He had to follow the Father, adhere to the Father, so he could be just like the Father. Desire the word, desire to be a disciple, because as you desire to be a disciple... You'll be just like Jesus. Thank you, Father. Be just like Jesus. You're like, how could you, how could you say that? Because the word tells me. The word tells me. I continue in the word, I'll be a disciple indeed, and I'll know the truth and the truth. Will make me free. No chains on me. No shackles on me. No fear in me. No bondage in me. No hesitation in me. Why? I'm a disciple. I, 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 because I'm, I'm endeavoring to be. I'm not saying this is, this is where I've arrived to. I'm saying as I get in the word, I'll be like him. I'll talk like him. I'll act like him. I'll live at another level. I'll speak at another level. I'll minister at another level. Why? Because I am a disciple. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Seeing what direction to go next. Hallelujah. Hmm. Yes, Lord. This discipleship. I would be like him. Let me close with this. Go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. I had, I had part two of this message, but we'll get into that next week. Hmm. Say thank God for the word. Thank God. 
Say, it's life to me. It's hell to all my flesh. Just hold your Bible up. Or your phone, or however you're... Hallelujah. Man. I am, say this, I am what this word says I am. I can have what this word says I can have. I can do what this word says I can do. This word is working in me effectively. I'm going to be. I am just like Jesus. Because I desire to be a disciple. And disciples are just like their teacher. Thank you, Father. I have a question, and not to embarrass anyone, but if you're here today and you're like, Pastor Justin, I, I don't have a Bible. Just, and and you, you desire a Bible. Just lift your hand. Anyone? Hallelujah. Come here. Just which one do you want? If you don't like King James, I'll get you another one. <laughs> yeah. I prefer either New King James. It doesn't matter. No, no, I'll get you another one. <laughs> but if you, if you desire a Bible and you, you didn't want to raise your hand, email us at information, info at heritageoffaith.com. Just give us your name, your address, your phone number, and I'll get you a Bible. All right? Because the word is important, and it is the most important thing. The word. Hallelujah. Let's close with this then. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give me a second here. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 7. But to each one of us, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, this he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. And to the knowledge of the Son of God. A perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow. So these gifts. These gifts that were sent to the body. It tells us that they are to cause us to come to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Without the gifts of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher that's ministering to the word, ministering the word, it is to equip the saints. Meaning as a as me, as a pastor, as I'm speaking this morning, the word of God, whether you realize it or not, you are being equipped. Because that's what the word does. We saw that, right? You're being equipped, but the but the the intent of it is that you become a perfect man. Or woman, perfect man, meaning, meaning you're, you're, you're perfect in every way. That's what the Word of God does. As you get in the Word of God, you become just like the teacher. Yeah, there's some things in my life that, yeah, you can emulate. Hey, but most importantly, I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. I want you to be like Jesus, not like Justin. Because the point is that you come to a perfect man 
What is the perfect? To the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ. The fullness of the anointed one and his anointing. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. Man, the body of Christ in your personal life, you got to stop going back and forth. You just need to go all in with the word of God. Go all in with Jesus. Go all in to who he is and and his plan for your life. Go all in. Because that's what these gifts that are sent to the body are all about. To grow up to the fullness of the stature of Christ. So what? I'm not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And carried away with every kind of doctrine. I refuse to be, you to be carried by wrong teaching, deception. Every kind of doctrine. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But what? What am I have to do? But I'm going to speak the truth in love. So that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. Wow. That's, good. That's what the word is designed to do. Mm-hmm. To cause, cause us to grow up in all things. So let me tell you something this morning. Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. But for us to grow into that maturity, it takes us being a disciple. It's going to take the word of God. And it says this, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share. Meaning as we all grow up, every joint is supplying You're growing up into who and what God's called you to be and do. And we're all working together. And this is the key here is causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Ultimately, being discipled by Jesus is for us to grow in love. Hallelujah. Love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that your word empowers us. Your word equips us. Your word is causing us to be just like you. Lord, Jesus, as the Father taught you, thank you for teaching us through the gifts in the body of Christ. Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise you, Father. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be a disciple? Raise your hands if you want to be a disciple. A learned one. One that's an adherent. I want to be a disciple. You may say, Pastor Justin, I, I don't know. I, you know, I've tried to read the Bible, and I don't understand it. Well, welcome to the club. I didn't at first either. But I remember sitting down to the Word and was frustrated. And because I wasn't a good reader, I didn't have great comprehension through school. I had someone ask me last week, where'd you get your doctorate from? I said, I don't have one. Where'd you go to? I didn't. I just, I'm, I'm truly first Corinthians where he takes the foolish thing to confound the wise. And I'm not saying this to, to talk about myself, but it's just showing what God does with someone that chooses to be a disciple. I I remember years ago where, when I couldn't understand the word and I get in the word and I just kind of throw it because I'm like, it makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I remember sitting there on the edge of my bed and and I was like, Lord, I know I'm called to ministry, but one, I don't like, I don't want to speak in front of people, but I want to know more. And I just sense right in my heart, 
Pick it up. Pick it up. And, if it, and, I, and I opened it. He didn't tell me and where he said he would. I just say he was just open it. He goes, now, I want you to pray this, Justin. So it's the Holy Spirit. He goes, I want you to pray this every time you get in the word. Pray this. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that Jesus was the word made flesh. And Jesus, I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be my teacher. So Holy Spirit, teach me out of God's word today. And that's what's caused me to start my journey to understand this. So if you had a hard time comprehending the word or not understanding or getting frustrated with it, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. And if I didn't understand something, I'd go back, I'd read it again. Even if I had to stay all day on one scripture. I remember sitting at the pharmacy that I worked at. Some of you heard the story after I got born again, this small pharmacy. And when we, were, we, were, we weren't busy. I had this big, large print, amplified Bible. And I'd sit, I'd, I'd sit there on a stool. And I'm like, I want to know this. And anytime I kind of just want to push to the side, I, know, I was like, no, he's my teacher. And this will make me like Jesus. So don't let the enemy talk you out of being a disciple. Because really, you want to. You want to. The enemy is just trying to keep you from it. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the word. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven. Just thank him for his word. Oh, thank you for the word, Father, that it's a key to my faith. It's the key to mountain-moving faith. It's the key for me to fulfill my purpose. It's the key to every relationship. It's the key to my destiny. It's the key to my sonship. It's the key to my worship. It's the key to my Christ-likeness. It's the key to my righteousness. It's the key to my boldness. It establishes me. And it sets me upon a rock that can't be moved. I will be a disciple. I will go to the maximum. And I will go to the highest level attainable. I choose today to hunger for the word of God like I've never had before. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a shout of praise if you've received it today.